Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We appreciate you being here with us. Lots of people have already smashed the like button. Nice. But if you're watching and you like haven't, that. please do get in the habit of hitting yeah. that like button for us. Cold commit effect. Oh, are we allowed to say that? I don't know. Are we? We did. We'll take that out in post. Interesting. Right. <laughs> it is the, uh, yeah. I'm saying later. It's the, uh, the effect. Yes. The, the unknown and <laughs> the, the tall... Dark and handsome effect, right. apparently. The exact opposite of what you're used to in these <laughs> chairs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we also have uh, regular podcasts. A lot of you listen on those. We appreciate that, yeah. too. Make sure you're following, subscribed, all that good stuff uh, on there. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be very, very helpful. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. So take 30 seconds and do that for us. All right. Today, uh, Kyle Davidson met the media ahead of training camp, which opens on Thursday. And boy, we'd love to just shoot the breeze with y'all, but we have a lot to get to yeah, on this show. So uh, we've got a series of cuts. He minutes. talked for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we basically went and chose the uh, eight or nine best uh, yeah. cuts yeah. we could. We, we, we did everyone a favor and didn't decide to run all 35 minutes straight and just take a nice little break for ourselves. Before we get to the clips, though, I want to give kudos to our fearless leader here, Mr. Zawaski. Your uh, elbow's got to be hurting a little bit. Oh, you held yes. that camera <laughs> yeah. for the entire 30 minutes. The As the audio goes like, on, you, the video will become less steady. <laughs> I thought I had a good, like, here. It's not bad because you can, you know, you're stabilized. You've got your gut to help you secure the camera. But as it went on, I was getting a little, little shaky. Well, like the the muscles in your in your hands will start getting a little tight. Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I actually had it in my hand today. I'm like, if I bring this, am I the biggest dork in the world? But I'm bringing it from now on. It is a literally a phone tripod. Mm-hmm. So it would probably sit about chest level, and I could put it right in front of me, not in anyone's way. And I won't have to worry about. You just hold it by the stand. No, it's literally. It's our, I could have hands free. Then I get well, how would you tweet? Well, how there's nothing in front of you. How would you prop it up? It's a stand. It's like a whole. It's like one of these things. Oh, like where okay. Our cameras gotcha. On. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you, but you it's have not to get that a, big. You have to get a front row seat though. <laughs> well, that's why I get there early. Okay. Or I'll throw tab out. <laughs> get out of here, tab. My yeah. tripod needs a place to be. Anyway, leaving that one alone. You'll see. <laughs> not a problem for me. You'll see as the uh, as the video goes along, it might become less stable. You'll see where we but were. But the message is clear. But it should be nice and straight mm-hmm. for the opening statement that Kyle Davidson made, uh, starting off with an acknowledgement of the passing of Rocky Words. Welcome everyone. Uh, exciting time to be back in the rink. Uh, also a bittersweet time. This is our first um, training camp without Rocky around. Uh, you know, I think just from a personal standpoint, his impact on myself and my life has been immeasurable. He gave me an opportunity to start in pro hockey and then obviously gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to uh, be the general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks. So 
um, forever grateful to Rocky and for his support and his guidance. Um, he was very excited about the, <clears throat> about the path we were going on, uh, very supportive of the methodical approach that we were taking to uh, our rebuild, and he was really excited about the uh, youth we had coming in our, in our system. And so um, we'll miss him a great deal, and frankly, I don't think the games of the United Center will be the same without him. So I'm uh, going to miss him a lot. Um, from an organizational standpoint, we continue to build this as a team. Uh, we're not looking to any one player or prospect as a solution. Uh, looking forward to continuing our development this year and filtering in some uh, younger players uh, into the NHL roster this year. Uh, you know, I think we've made some very positive progress, but uh, still a lot of work to be done. Uh, just quick recap on prospect camp up in Minnesota. Thought. Uh, the players played very well, uh, really promised, uh, really promising uh, performances from kind of the, the prospects that have been here a while, the prospects that are new to the organization. So really happy uh, with that and thought it was a great build on the camaraderie we built in uh, uh, development camp back in, in July. Uh, from uh, an NHL standpoint, we're looking forward to having Luke start his second full year with, uh, with the Blackhawks to continue uh, the work uh, on the fin foundational uh, progress he made last year building on our systems, culture, uh, style of play. So looking forward to Luke having his uh, second full training camp under his belt as we move forward here. Uh, we think training camp is going to be really exciting. There's a lot of jobs up for up for grabs, a lot of players to battle uh, out for them and, and trying to earn a spot on the opening day roster. Uh, we'll have a good mix of uh, youth, and, and veterans, so it'll be um, really important for our development to have those two come together as we as we enter the season. Um, we added a lot of uh, veterans to, to go with the veterans we already had in the fold uh, to start uh, through through last season. But um, you know, from a leadership and a former leadership perspective, we're not going to have a captain this year. Uh, we'll have a, a group of assistants, which we will uh, determine and announce later in in training camp. Uh, you know, as I said, I think we've added a lot of experienced leaders, but, uh, you know, we're looking for the collective to, to find that uh, leadership capability and, 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 you know, not just the players that will end up wearing letters on their sweater. We're looking for everyone to, to step up and, and as we enter the year. So really excited to be back. So there's a lot there, obviously, but I think uh, the first and foremost, we're going to get into the decision to not have a captain, and he was actually asked about that a little bit later, so we're going we're gonna to play that next to give it the full context. What went into the decision to not have any specific captain, and I guess what's the, the longer-term plan for, for that position? Um, the, the only plan right now is to sort of just let it breathe for, for a year. We came off such a successful tenure, with with Jonathan that um, you know a little bit of it is just out of respect for Jonathan to to not fill that that spot right away and and the other part is not to put that pressure on on someone else when when you're coming out of um, a period of, of uh, you know such you know, call it greatness right and 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 you want you want the next person to be in a position to succeed and there's no requirement to have a captain and and so it, we just felt uh, that it was best to leave that, push that decision a little bit. We'll let the, the chips fall where they may uh, over the next year. We'll see who emerges, see what the best option is, and, and uh, 
decide next year if, if it's appropriate to to name someone we'll just we'll, we'll take that as it comes so really solid response by kyle davidson um obviously what they're doing is setting the table for Connor Bedard to be the captain, which they're obviously not going to give him today. No. Um, but I also think, regardless of whether or not they had won the lottery, n- keeping it vacated to honor Jonathan Taves is the right move to make regardless. Even if they think Connor Murphy or Seth Jones or whoever is worthy, vacating it for a year is the right move regardless. There's no slam dunk candidate on the roster right now. And I think we, you know, we talked about it last week. It's, it'd be so weird to have like a transitional captain. You might as well leave it open. And, and having Connor Bedard here where it just seems like that is the most logical next step. Um, you're not going to give it to him as a rookie. That's ridiculous. Um, but waiting a year, maybe even two years, who knows. Um, but kind of giving it the Taze treatment of when he was named captain, um, giving him that year to settle into the team, settle into the role. He's, I have no doubts he's going to be the face of the team, the superstar of the team. And by all accounts from, you know, how he handles himself off the ice, uh, you know, talking to people from Regina, talking to people that have known him as he's come up and, and played alongside him or covered him. He seems like very much the mold of the young NHL captain material. So give it time to breathe for Taze, give it time to breathe for uh, Bedard to kind of have that that role open there for him makes the most sense, and and there's n- there's no necessity in having a captain this year. Um, it's not like you're it's a disadvantage to the organization or team at all. It's it's it would be arbitrary to to name one this year. Yeah, and you don't want to give it to a guy like Connor Murphy or one of the other vets and then next year say, sorry, Take it's it now away. Connor Bernard. Yeah, right, That's just right. not a good look. Um, and he, he answered that perfectly. You know, yes, you're moving on from, I don't think there's a doubt, the greatest captain in team history, the longest serving, mm-hmm. definitely the most successful. Yeah. There's no reason like that that would put a lot of pressure on putting that C on immediately after. Hey, go follow that up. Yeah, right, you know, right. so give us some time. It's not so a lot of teams go without a captain. You know, numerous yeah. teams did it last year. There'll probably be a handful this year. You got plenty of leaders already on this team that don't need a C on their jersey mm-hmm. to announce their leader you know you'll have you'll have guys with with the a's i'm sure you know murphy's gonna be one of those guys seth jones is gonna be one of those guys you know maybe tyler johnson um you know and and yes that they're saving that for connor bedard (laughs) he is for connor (laughs) what's gonna happen it's not and that's not just going to be a much like taze when they when he got it so early um you know it wasn't just a show. It's not just going to be for show. Hey, you're our best player. You get the yeah, captain. Right. Taves had those leadership qualities from day one. We're going to see those from Connor Bedard uh, as well. So, you know, he'll earn that captaincy for sure when he gets it, whether it's a year from now, two years from now. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to lead them, you know, in, in points, except for this year, it's going to be Lucas Reichel. I'm sticking by that bet. Uh, and uh, he's going to lead them off the ice as well and lead by example. And it's going to be a great move 
when it's made and it's the right call to just you know this is a, this isn't a team that's got Stanley Cup aspirations right now right there's really no need for it so uh you know good good move and and you know we can rehash this a year from now when if and when that's when they decide yeah. to do it yeah. Right. Um, yes, we'll see. And, you know, you have four guys wearing A. It could be uh, like last year, wasn't Murphy on the road? And it was, it was, was two years yeah. ago. <clears throat> it was. Uh, kind of rotated it. Taze was the captain, obviously. And then, um, yeah, you had Kane and Jones. And then when Kane was gone, I think it was Murphy and Tyler Johnson alternated, I think it was. So or, didn't Tenorti have an A at some Tenorti point? did. Too? I think it was because probably one or both of those guys were injured. Yeah. already wore one. Yeah, and, and I would imagine this year the rotation will be like Jones and Murphy will probably be the two guys that have, you know, wear the letters consistently and then probably Tyler Johnson, um, maybe Jason Dickinson, maybe Tenorti. Those are guys that I would assume yeah. would be in that rotation as well. I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Foligno or Corey Perry also are in some sort of leadership yeah. role. Yeah, or maybe uh, even Taylor Hall since he's going to Taylor be Hall. Yeah, that's yeah. Not a bad, right. Taylor Hall's a good call too. I mean, yeah, you may yeah. do the two permanent guys, and then you have a, a guy that wears it at home and a different guy that wears it on the road. Teams have done that. Alternating before. Sundays, yeah. you know, every third Thursday is a new <laughs> Everybody guy. Everybody gets knows? an A. You know, you wear the A on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to, to see what Taylor Hall's impact is going to be this year. We haven't really, aside from his introductory phone call, mm-hmm. we haven't heard much from him. Uh, not saying it's a bad thing, just it's just a fact. Uh, I'm interested to see how he's going to be on Thursday, just meeting the media and yeah. what kind of role he wants to have here this year. Does he want to? I mean, he's here for two years. So he's, he's not like just a rental kind of a guy. He's going to be here for a while. So it would be nice to see him step up into one of those roles as well. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. You know, got bumped down the lineup on that historic regular season Boston team that were eventually proven to be the frauds. Mario called them out to be in March. <laughs> uh, but he was bumped down to the th- third line, bottom six. Guy like that, former Hart Trophy winner, still relatively in the prime. Not, not necessarily the prime of his career, but he's not on the major downslope. No, not at all. He, you know, I, I mean, you're, it's a team sport. You know, he wasn't going to upset the apple cart. I mean, obviously with that regular season, you're not going to stand up and say, hey, I want to be on the top line. Right. You know, because then you're going to look like a, a pud whack. But that's had to hurt his pride a little bit. Definitely. And, and you think he, now he's going to come here where he's no doubt top line winger with this all-world prospect. He's going to want to come and say, hey, Boston, you should have kept me. Yeah, look what I should have kept me. Yep. I'd be looking pretty good right now with no Patrice Bergeron, and David Krejci there. That's a really good point because they made that move before they knew. They probably yeah, knew I a think little they knew, bit, but, but it was yeah. But yeah. I was gonna say, oh, wish you could have that one back. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, all right, next on the docket, uh, maybe aside from just marveling over Connor Bedard, the biggest story of camp is what is the plan with Kevin Korchinski, uh, and here's what Kyle Davidson had to say about that. Kevin Gorczynski, I mean, obviously his play in camp is basically going to dictate where he goes, but philosophically speaking, does he have anything left to learn at the juniors? Does the fact that he can't go to Rockford affect your decision on him in any way? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it affects our decision. I think there's always something to learn and some you know, things for them to focus on, whether they excel at a level or not. Um, you know, that'll be if... if it does come to pass that he finds himself back in 
in junior, then it'll be uh, you know on our development staff and on him to make sure he's working on the right things and making sure he's uh, staying on top of good pro habits. Um, that's all part of development, and uh, yeah, but he's going to be uh, you know we'll watch him closely in camp and, and the preseason and see what's best for him early on and throughout the season, and we'll just kind of take that as it comes. Are you comfortable with a guy like that learning in the NHL at a young age? If we feel he's ready, yeah. If, if we don't feel he's ready and it's going to be detrimental to his development to be here, then um, then he won't be here. But uh, we're going to let him figure that out and let him decide where we think is best. Uh, but, um, you know, there's, there's different ways of placing a player in the lineup and out of the lineup, good teaching moments. Uh, here in the NHL that we we can capitalize on but like you said there's no uh, AHL option for for him this year and so we'll we'll kind of determine that on a running basis where where it's best for him comes. With Korczynski what are some of the specific things you'll be looking for to determine whether or not he's ready or whether or not staying here will be detrimental what, what specifically? Um, I think there's there's a little bit on both sides of the puck you want to make sure that he's able uh, physically and and mentally to handle uh, defending NHL forwards and then on the offensive side of the puck there are certain things that he could get away with uh, just based on his physical capabilities his skill his his skating that may be a little too high risk at times that you want to see dialed back that it, not necessarily a pro habit there that uh, will work with him on and, and he might just naturally make the make the adjustment on that it's just, those are things that remain to be seen um, but you know just I think those those two areas are the main ones, and we'll we'll you know the coaching staff will make sure to give them the proper instruction. But uh, you know we'll we'll see where where the gaps are that we need to fill, and and we'll we'll try and help them fill those. I feel like I asked you this the last time too, but there's also the option of having to play 20, 30 games amongst some junior right? I mean, Absolutely, no yeah, no, and nothing's off the table. Again, we're we're just going to do what we feel is best for him. Um, again, we're looking. We're looking long term uh, with with Kevin. He's a he's a big piece. Uh, we we really believe in him, and so we're just gonna make sure that we set course that uh, you know is gonna put him in the best position long term to be uh, have a best chance to be the player we think he can be. And so whether that's uh, you know what a training camp and out a couple games and out half the season full season we'll see we'll let him figure that out. We're not gonna walk into it with a, a set firm plan on no matter what happens this is what we're going to do we'll uh we'll just kind of discuss it and make sure the group's all on all on board with the development plan when we determine what the best course is all right so after hearing that uh what do you guys think what do you think if you if he was to tell you off the record over a beer right now what he thinks is going to happen with kevin korchinski where do you think he's at right now i it's interesting that he said that, you know, anything is on the table. And to me, I like that he's going to let Korchinski's play dictate it. I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that if he looks NHL capable after seven, eight, nine games and he ends up burning the contract... I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he stays all 82. I, I don't. And I, and I think given where the team is with their defense, um, I mean, the, the opportunity is there for Korchinski to play himself into it. Um, 
could he play up to the world juniors and then go back also a possibility yeah. but i don't know i think the it, it's really going to be interesting to see how he plays in camp because in the you know rookie showcase camp and the games he looked very capable um amongst his peers so can he do that in training camp can he do that in preseason that remains to be seen but from from this point last year to this year my thought process about Kevin Korczynski being NHL ready for this season has completely flipped and I think a lot of it has been with his play and then and then a big portion of it is how the Blackhawks have been talking about him yeah I think there is zero doubt that he is going to be with the team for that first road trip of the season Mm -hmm. uh, and probably in the lineup unless he completely tanks in the preseason and training camp I don't see that happening I mean I remember the three of us talking after watching him play in that, I think it was the Milwaukee game against Minnesota. We were like, this kid looks like he could play in the NHL right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's had a f- another full year of development, not only within his game, but physically. He's gotten bigger yes. or firmer. Looks like a different Anders guy. Looks yeah. like a man version of Kevin. Yes, he's, he's, he's growing up uh, right before our eyes. And so I like how... Kyle is approaching this saying Kevin Korczynski is going to dictate what Kevin Korczynski does this year. If he can play here, he's going to play here. Yeah. If he can't, we'll send him back. Um, so I think there is very little doubt he's on the opening night lineup or, or on the roster. They'll give him those. We'll, they'll see where they're at after that. That road trip is five games. So that's over half of that. I'm thinking he's a here beyond. If I had to predict he's here beyond the nine games. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if he's got some growing pains and needs to work on some things, they loan him in December to, to yeah. Team Canada. And then they make their decision. Do they bring him back or do they send him to WHL? Might also depend on what, you know, kind of position Seattle's in as well. You know, if, yeah. if they're a tire fire of a team, I don't suppose, I don't think they're going to be. It's, they're still going to have a pretty good team. But if, they're not looking like they're going to make another deep kind of run or they have, you know, a bunch of injuries. Maybe you don't. I'm kind of thinking he's here the whole year. It, it, it's it, feeling it, feel, it does feel that way. And, and uh, Frank brings up a good point in the chat. He says there's no growth potential in sending Korchinski back to the WHL. He's better off making mistakes against the big boys. And I think what we're, what we're comparing this to is Adam Boquist and Henry Okaharu. Right. Right. Two young first round picks that were clearly rushed into the NHL and were making mistakes and were floundering. But here's the difference those teams were allegedly trying to win. Mm-hmm. And like David Ross says, we're not here to develop players right now. We are here to win and try to and try to get in the playoffs or whatever. That was the mindset of the Hawks back then. Yep. Now it's probably okay for him to be here and make some mistakes and flounder because if he makes a mistake and it costs him a goal, all right, it's not the end of the world. There's no playoff picture here. There's no chase for a Stanley Cup happening here. So it's almost like learning by example and the big club is better off for him, right? He's better off floundering here a little bit. And look, like, yes, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook spent a lot of time in the minors, but when they came up, their biggest growth happened in the NHL. Right. right, and we saw the growing pains with Keith and Seabrook. Like there were times where I was looking at my friends in three twenty nine back in the day. Like these two can't play, 
and now they're pillars of the franchise, right? right? Like, it takes time, and I think they have the luxury of letting him make mistakes at this level so they've got all the most important eyes in the front office on him. That said, they also don't need to force it mm-hmm. because you've got Kaiser and Vlasic and uh, Phillips and and uh, all these young defensemen who are that could step up instead. And if you don't feel like he's totally ready, you're not obligated to keep him there out of need. Right. You've got plenty of bodies that can fill the space. And if he does make the team, you got to wonder what that means for someone like Isaac Phillips. Because it looks like Vlasic's going to make it. Wyatt Kaiser's been really impressive. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. If I'm guessing, I think he's here the, the vast majority of the season. Yeah. Here's another difference between <clears throat> Korczynski's situation this year and you mentioned guys like Joki Haru and uh, Boquist, Luke Richardson and Kevin Dean. Yeah. I trust those guys with a young defenseman far more than I would have trusted Jeremy Colleton with, you know, a, a pet rock. Well, even, so, even Q to some yeah, extent. exactly. Because, again, Q is in the but mindset of, I don't have time for this yeah. shit. Right. We got to win. You need to be ready to play when you get here. Otherwise, I don't got, I'm not playing you. Right, 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 right. So it's a different time. It's a different coaching staff. You know, it, it, it's Luke Richardson who played over a thousand games at at that position. Yeah. Granted, not the same style of defenseman, no. but knows what it's like to be a young defenseman in this league. Well, and the things that Luke was good at are the things that Korchinski will need the most help with. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a good situation that they're at now. Like if this was three or four years ago, and they were thinking of keeping him here, and not said I'd be a little. I'd be hesitant. Like, if this was still the the Jeremy Collinson era, I'd be like, please send him back to the WHL. Right. Well, please. And a big difference, too, is that those those guys, Yoki Haru, Boquist, Ian Mitchell, like, they were thrown into, oh, be, be a pair one defenseman. Go play with Duncan Keith. Like, it's not the easiest thing to do in general, let alone being a teenager, being able to do it. So... With Korchinski, you're not necessarily going to throw him into that role and be, oh, be top pair with Seth Jones. Like, I would imagine if he's going to be here for the long term of the season, for the, for the vast majority of it, as you say, Jay, like, I would imagine he's going to be probably on power play two or at least get some opportunities there and probably in a more sheltered five on five role, either on a third pair or maybe you pair him with a guy like Connor Murphy. Uh, in a second pair role to give him somebody who's going to be a little bit more defensively responsible. Right. So that Korchinski isn't necessarily hampered with, you know, full two way responsibility as a 19 year old on the top pair, jump into the offense, be on a power play and also get back on defense and be, be sound in your own zone. It's a lot to put on his shoulders as a 19 year old defenseman rookie. Like there's so much pressure there. And I think that's where Yogi Haru and Boquist and Mitchell were initially thrown into all those fires you don't have to do that with Korchinski because the focus is development. Yeah. And Frank with another good point says different guys for different roles. The Hawks have Brian Campbell, who is a perfect guy for Korchinski to learn from. That's a good point because that helps too. he's much closer in style to Campbell than he is to Luke Richardson. Yeah. But Campbell can help him say, hey, you've got to add this de- defensive element. Here are some things I, I learned, some things that I did to improve my defense. And then you've got Luke, who is – you know, the if you look up defensive defenseman in the dictionary, there might be a picture of him right mm-hmm. there. Um, he's got and Kevin Dean kind of the same way. Well, and Seth Jones too. Yeah, a very you know a similar style. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's a it's a well, that's a great. I mean, that's a really good call. Like you could see him becoming another Seth Jones. Sure, maybe not as physical, but he'll get physically bigger. I mean, if you see the jump he made from last camp to this one, just in terms of size, yeah, or firmness. Still a very it's, awkward it's, translation. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> someone should take him inside and be like, let's not use that next time. Um, you know, there, there's big physical growth there yeah. from him. Yeah, he, fil- yeah. he filled out his frame more, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and he'll continue to get bigger as he gets in an NHL program, and and he's, he's still got growing to do. I'm not super worried about, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the physicality and the defensive stuff. That's going to come over time. And... This is the season for the growing pains. This season and next season are the, are the, se- are the, the years to get those out mm-hmm. where there's no expectations to win. And a lot of that, you know, we'll say again when we get to the Lucas Reichel stuff here in a minute. That's coming up next. But first, we want to tell you about Sunnyside, your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping. A place for all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate and survive your football season. No matter where you are in your cannabis journey, they've got your back with easy online ordering and in-store pickup and a great transparent loyalty program called Sunnyside Rewards. I've been telling you all for months about my favorite, the good news counting sheep gummies help me sleep through the night each and every night. Take half one of those and I am out until the morning. You've got the Mindy's, the Fryer, and the Me Time. Uh, those are the... Uh, I'm sorry, Mindy's are the edibles, and the good news are also the me time and the Friday uh, vape pens, which are great for just chilling out and getting ready to go out. When you have social anxiety like me, it is a good thing to have. You've also got great brands like Cresco, High Supply, Wonder, and more. And through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. And that's not only for new customers. Anyone can use that code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder. Another way to feel good this season of football or basketball, baseball, hockey uh, is reaching for a delicious cold Goose Island beer. Goose Island Beer Company, they are the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they have been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they have a very deep and talented year-round roster of beers to choose from. Of course, you got the full pocket pills, the everyday beer. It is what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. You have the family of beer hug IPAs, the Imperial IPAs that are 9.9 ABV and dangerously easy to drink. You got the 312 the wheat ale, the staple of Goose Island's year-round roster, and uh, one of their best beers, seasonal Oktoberfest. We are in that season now, so get yourself a Goose Island uh, Oktoberfest beer to ring in the fall season. You can get all of these and more ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers when you go to Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Hey, oh. Nice. A big All right, honk. next up, uh, really good stuff here from uh, Kyle Davidson on Lucas Reichel. We're going to let the audio here speak for itself. Uh, good stuff on Reichel. Lucas Reichel did everything we asked of him last year in terms of the little things we asked him to improve on. And to the point, at the end of the year and and as we walk into training camp this year that 
that he, he's an NHL-ready player. And so those are the steps you want your young players to take. This camp opens to you envision Reichel at center or wing? Envision him in the middle. So that's, that's, that's the plan. Going back to Reichel, what are your overall expectations for him this year now that he has graduated? What do you want to see him continue to improve on and maybe accomplish this year? Um, you know, I think he's, he's a confident uh, offensive player, plays with some significant speed, and so we're looking at him to carry that through and, and you know, keep providing the, the offense we saw last year, both uh, here with the Blackhawks and, and down in Rockford. Uh, but as an NHL center, there's defensive responsibilities that um, you'll need to, to execute. And so, again, any young player, peaks and valleys that help him work through instruction, education, uh, and then I know over the summer he was working on face-offs. And so um, different different animal, though, when you get into the NHL and against some players that are specialists in that area. So I'm sure there'll be some some growth areas for, for him uh, down the middle. Uh, but uh, we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't try it out if we didn't uh, think he could succeed there. Very definitive answer from Kyle Davidson on whether or not Lucas Reichel will be a center. And I was expecting him to kind of say, ah, you know, we'll let it play out, see how it goes. And he just flat out said mm-hmm. he's going to be down the middle. Um, I tried to word it as concisely as I could to help him avoid. Because <laughs> sometimes I, I get in the habit of saying, is it this or this? Yeah. And then it gives him that option. Um, so I, the fact that he flat out said we envisioned him down the middle, that's significant. And it puts a little bit of pressure on him to perform in that spot too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that he will get that opportunity to, uh, you know, figure out if, if playing at center is going to work out for him. I think the good thing, too, is, you know, kind of with Korchinski, this is a season where you can learn a lot of things. So start him at center and see how it goes. Offensively, I have little doubts about Lucas Reichel being able to hang in the NHL. He's another guy who is starting to, uh, you know, grow into his frame uh, mature physically and, and be able to handle that NHL level of you know physical demand uh, contact that he's going to experience um, but also that also helps in, in, in a two-way game as well so I don't know I, I he played center in Germany when he was a you know juniors player uh, playing professionally he played center in Rockford um, he excelled uh, at times here when he's been in Chicago at wing. So I'm interested to see how it'll work out given the fact that he's going to get the first look of the season at center. Can they always move him to wing if it doesn't pan out? Yes, and they should. Do not Kirby Doc Lucas Reichel. Um, if it doesn't work at center, move him to wing. You've seen it work at wing. You, it's a very easy out if it doesn't work down the middle, but if it does, great. A, a, a one-two down the middle of Bedard and, and Reichel, um, you could do worse for, for young centers in the NHL. Yeah. W- one of my new favorite comments here in the chat and on, on the Twitters. I'm never going to call it that other thing. The X. Um, <sighs> is people like, with especially with like a, a lot of these Hawks prospects now that play center at their junior or college level and it's automatically saying, nope, they can't play center in the NHL. They're going to be a wing. <laughs> nope, can't play. How the F do you know right. until you try it? So here we are. The perfect time to do it is this season, next season. Let them try it. Um, you know, I had a, a buddy of mine, Sam Fells, ask on Twitter, well, why didn't they play him there at all last year when he was essentially only a center in the AHL? I think 
I mean, I don't have the definitive answer, but my, my thinking is when they brought him up for those stints, it was like, why don't put the pressure on him to play center. That's a lot of responsibility for a young kid in the middle of a season, in the middle of a season, yeah. you know, and you don't want to crush a young kid's confidence, i.e. Kirby Doc. Right. Don't have Reichel go out there in a meaningless game in a couple games in January and go one for 12 from the dot. And then he right. starts thinking, I can never win a faceoff. We've been there, done that. Right, right. So just let him go out there and play instinctive hockey and have some success at the NHL level, which he did. Give him a whole boatload of confidence heading into the offseason. He spent the offseason working on faceoffs probably trying to get bigger knowing he had the full off season to prepare himself mentally for I'm going to be a center to start the year. To me, it's, it's, that's, that's good development yeah. right? because and development between the years is just as important as development oh, on the, especially if you're going to try and play center. So get him some confidence, let it go, let him roll and don't, don't pull him out of there the first time he makes a mistake either. Give yeah. him, don't just give him until you know for sure he can't do it. If it's 15 games, 20 games, 40 games, 70 games, whatever it is. But when it's, if it becomes blatantly obvious that he is not an NHL center, then put him back to but the But there's line. also more but, to but it than faceoffs, to too. Like, well, yeah. right, everyone yeah. looks at faceoff percentage as can this person play center or not. And I think it's overblown. Like, look, it, in the grand scheme of a season, what's the difference between 45% and 50%? Five percent. Five face-offs every hundred, <laughs> right? Like, sure, is it yeah. really? It's really not a huge well, game-changing difference. And it can also be misleading because look at how great Max Domi was at face-offs for the Hawks last year. But would you call him a good center? A great no. Center? It's about no. it's about how you play. He was the, great. He was. He had ice. a very good year. Uh, face-off, face-off wise. wise. Yes. But I would not call him a great NHL center because Correct. he won fifty-six percent of his face. Yes, face-off wins are important. And they're going to become You'd rather more, win them than lose them. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they're be- going to become more important in the next couple of years as the Blackhawks get better players. Blackhawks were one of the best face-off teams in the NHL last year. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out for them? Connor Bedard. Like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty well. <laughs> What's the point of winning a face-off great. if the first pass you make after right. that is to the other team right. and you're racing back in your own end? So, yes, the face-off percentage is a bit overrated. Obviously... If he goes 46%, that's fine. If he's going 22% consistently. Or 35%. Yeah, like then we're going to have a problem. But let the yeah. kid make mistakes. Don't, you know, if he goes against Pittsburgh and gets owned at the dot and is on the ice for two goals against because, you know, Evgeny Malkin ate his lunch. Well, that's, I mean, that's the first test. Yeah. He's, if he's, let's say he's the number two center, your faceoffs are going to be against. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, like that's yeah. a good way to get you know thrown into the. And if he struggles the that game, end. let's not come on our post game show and scream that he can't play center right. after one right. game. Give the kids some time. This is the year to do it. This is the year to learn a lot about these kids. Next year is going to be another year to learn a lot about these kids and see if they could do it at the NHL level. Let's stop guessing because he's playing center at University of Michigan. Frank Nazar can never be a center in the NHL. How about we give him some NHL games well, before we make that Well, people are saying Yeah. Let's see what they actually do before we make that declaration. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so just for the record, Reichel has taken 59 career faceoffs. His percentage is 35.6. Not great, but limited sample size. Very small right. sample Kirby size. Doc for his career is 35.3. Right. Uh, we had a question earlier from JF who said, if Connor and Lucas are 1C and 2C, 
who will be 3C and 4C? Well, you can pencil in Jason Dickinson for sure. One of those two. At a center spot. Yeah. I think Cole Gutman has a good chance of making it. But mm-hmm. some of the other options on the team, Nick Foligno uh, has played center before, took 72 faceoffs last year and won 55.6%. Amazing center. Ryan Donato uh, <laughs> took 147 faceoffs for the Kraken last year, 142%. Bad center. Tyler Johnson, 113 faceoffs for the Hawks last year, 51.3%. And there are other options. Andreas Athanasiu took 174 faceoffs, which sounds really high to me. I mean, he finished like the last, like, what, 15, 20 know, games playing center. That's a lot still. Yeah. Uh, he won 46.6%. So, point being... And that was going, like, one for... Th- after going one for 13 he went, on that... Yeah, first yeah the, no, he was 0 for... He was, like, 0 for 12. Yeah, it was, like, embarrassingly bad. <laughs> and then, like, the, the next game, he was, like, 10 for 14. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, so, yes. The, the Blackhawks there's roster options. is very versatile. There's no... By design. There's no one that... If, if Reichel's second-line center, there's no one he's pushing out of that role. Right. Like, when he, when he joined the team last year... Um, if my memory serves me correctly, Domi was still there. Taze was still playing. So you're not really going to – would you rather him play third-line center or play in the top six as a wing in that, in that situation? And then when Taze and Domi were gone, right. then things got a little wonky. You had Athanasiu in there. Um, you had Cole Gutman until he was injured. You had Jason Dickinson in the mix. I, I, and Reichel and Athanasi worked well together as a pair. I'd be interested to see if they paired them up now with Reichel at center, Athanasi back at wing. Um, these are all things that I think are going to be very fascinating to see how they play out starting Thursday. Sounds like a good show topic. Try yeah. and predict the opening night lines. So if you look at the Hawks roster page, they have 14 centers listed. What? <laughs> Athanasi, some of these are not going to play in the NHL this year, but Athanasi, Bedard, Blackwell. Colton Dock, oh, yeah. Jason Dickinson, Ryan Donato, Cole Gutman, Tyler Johnson, Reese Johnson, Philip Kurashev, Paul Ludwinski, Jalen Lipin, and Antti Sorella are all listed as centers. Oddly enough, Lucas Reichel listed as a left wing. <laughs> but uh, they have 14 guys listed as potential centers. Yeah. And all those guys can play wing, too. Yes. Like, right. They're yes. very versatile, which I think is great. You know, for many reasons, if a guy's yeah. struggling, a guy gets kicked out of a dot, you have another guy that can get in there and win a face-off. Very versatile lineup. You've got some veteran guys that can play center if you need them to. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. I like it. Let Reichel get his, get his many games. I'm hoping all 82 games at center. And if he pans out as a full-time center, wonderful. It's a great – That'd be great. Yeah, it makes – it would be fantastic. And then that gives you, you know – more time to decide what you want to do with guys like Frank Nazar, Oliver Moore, mm. you know, the guys that I've already been told numerous times, they can't play center in the <laughs> NHL. No, not right now they can't, but you don't know that in two years. But that gives the Blackhawks more time to figure that out well. Right. Hey, if Reichel t- pans out to be a full-time NHL center and then you get, you know, either Moore or Nazar on that third line as a, another burner, I mean, down the middle, they're going to be tough. The, the size yeah. is a little meh, but... If you, if you those are your, if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you have possession, if you have playmakers, if you have speed, I think you can you can manage without it. Oh, and also, like we said, like the versatility is huge. You can yeah. you have a lot of guys that can do all things, and that's yeah. very valuable. But at the same time, the argument is, well, if you have a bunch of guys that can do everything, you have no one that can do one specific thing. You know, so you want to make sure you have specifically skilled sure. centers. Sure. Um, and I think they're they're on their way. I to think of this crop. Can four of those guys emerge as full-time centers? I think so. Yeah, right. Um, 
comment from Zach a little bit up there, Sarah. There it is. He says, that's why everyone should have a basic understanding of how to win a face-off and do their homework on who they'll be facing off against. So the last day of rookie camp, we saw Yannick Perot working with all of the Hawks' rookie centers, and they were doing basically like a you get a king of the mountain face-off tournament where – Okay, so Marcel, Marcel, and Connor Bedard would line up, and Bedard would win. Marcel would have to go, and then the next guy would come in, and whoever won the faceoff would go, and it was became this contest yeah. of faceoffs, and and it was very fascinating to watch Yannick Perot teach the art of faceoffs, as he's like, no, your foot should not be here; it should be here. It's like right, just yeah. the smallest little the fraction, smallest things, yeah. And it, it it astonishes me that there's guys like that who were able to master such a random art. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a ref just going, bloop. it's not like it's coming out of a machine perfectly placed every time. But man, for Yannick Perot to be the dude who's like, I am famous for being the face off guy. Right. There's definitely an art to it. And watching him teach it was pretty fascinating. Well, um, you, so see, they're working on it. You see, too, like guys will guys will give their tips and tricks to, to each other. That You know, w- watching that same practice, Lodwinski and, and Marcel were, you know, off to the side and. You know they're very differently sized players, and Marcel was kind of showing them like you know you can sweep and push, and Ludwinski was trying to you know give him some some tips too. So it's all that trickle down is 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 good to you know have guys be able to learn from each other, and and you know you learn from a guy like Perot who was one of the best in his time uh, at at that like you said the specific skill. Um, it's good to have for the Blackhawks, and it'll be interesting to see how that position pans out throughout the year. All right, let's move on to the next cut here. Uh, this one is about Connor Bedard and how he will handle and has handled the expectations already thrown at him. He's played one game, but fantastic performance. I think he uh, obviously led the led the uh, team in shots and goals, and um, you know you saw that offensive hockey sense, that shot, that that scoring ability, that. Um, you know, he was he was touted with heading into uh, his draft, and so really excited for him to get going, assimilate into the group. And uh, as far as minutes and usage and all that, we'll we'll figure that out once uh, we get going in camp and get into the season. And uh, we'll let we'll let him and his his play do the the talking. And um, you know, I'm sure the expectations are something he's followed, he's been followed with for a long time, and I'm sure he'll handle he'll handle just fine. Yeah, very little concern from Kyle Davidson on Connor Bedard handling expectations. Yeah, he's done a he's done a fine job handling this this summer, um, where he was doing a lot more, uh, a, a lot more than playing hockey. Uh, and he is a guy that is wired to want to play hockey the most. Um, so now we get to we get to rookie camp, puts up a hat trick, looks amazing. Uh, he's going to come into training camp get with the NHL guys and yeah, get to playing hockey, focus on, focus on playing hockey. Don't, you don't have to do any more media tours. You don't have to do any more promotional shoots. You don't have to do all this other stuff. That's not playing hockey, which is what he wants to do the most. Um, I think that'll be good for him and, you know, get his, be able to get his mind focused on the season and that's where he wants to be. So that's, that's no, no problems uh, expected for him handling things. And look, the, he know we've talked about this a bunch since he's been 14 there's been pressure and expectations yep. and and the spotlight on him and he's been in that position at different levels he's handled that for the last couple of years he's i mean his parents have been very instrumental 
in preparing him for the world that he's stepping into as be, becomes a professional and everything. And I think he's just, you know, he's got a, uh, it seems like he's got the right makeup to handle all of that. Um, and what Kyle Davidson did to make sure that he's got some veterans around him that either have been in that position before, like Taylor Hall, former number one pick, um, or guys that have been in that spotlight, like Felino and Perry, like these are guys that are going to come in and be veterans and be leaders and mentors and be able to kind of, you know, help him along in his first year as a pro without being able to be, oh, it's Jonathan Taze. Oh, it's Patrick Kane. Like, it's, yeah, it's still Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, Nick Felino, guys that have long distinguished careers, but they don't take up the same space in that locker room that other guys would have. So I think it's a perfect situation for Bedard to go into. And the fact that his personality seems like he's going to be able to handle this. It's why I love so much the addition of Felino. Because even if there was any sort of bigger egos coming in, I feel like Felino is the kind of guy that can keep that sort of stuff in check. Yeah. You know, former captain, um, vocal, uh, positive, ha- like truly seems happy to be here. Yeah. Excited to be here. Um, I don't foresee any sort of problems with some of the more ex- established guys, but I think just having him around is going to show, you know, you can be a leader without being upset all the time right right without yeah. being pissed or fiery or wanting to mm-hmm. fight or you know what i'm saying like or just overly intense all the time there's different ways to lead and i'm looking forward to felino's brand of leadership yeah and i i, I am too i'm looking forward to a lot of things from felino this year yeah. um but just to circle back to bedard and the pressure aspect real quick um all my concerns about Connor Bedard handling pressure were answered at the World Juniors last year. Yeah. <laughs> the entire hockey world was looking at him. Okay, you're this hotshot kid. You're the kid that we've been saying for three years is going to be the number one overall pick. Show me what you got. What did he do? Just shattered the Team Canada. Yeah. Single, he had the best tournament in the history for Team Canada. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, a lot of really good hockey players have played yeah, in that good. tournament for Team Canada. Averaged over three points a game. There's That's your pressure. pressure. Yep. I think he he's he's got that that weird that unique wiring. Guys like Patrick Kane, Jonathan, they live for those moments. Yep. They want it. They want to be the guy in those situations. Not every athlete is like that, but he's got that that wiring, and I'm, I'm not too worried uh, about any kind of expectations yeah. or pressure getting the best of him. Again, it's it's it's. This is not the first time. And I think what you could say about him is this is the first time in his career where he's not expected to come in and carry whatever team it is that he's on, right? Eh. Is he the best player? Sure. But when he comes to Regina or he comes to Team Canada, he is expected to be their best player right off the hop. Here he's got some time to grow. There's no pressure to win playoff games here. Yeah, he wants to be good, and they expect him to be – probably their leading scorer or at least among them i think he will lead the team in scoring right you know knocking on wood health wise um but there is a little bit of maybe he can breathe a little bit knowing that there's not this huge expectation to win and you do it all yeah kind of a thing that he's sort of been faced with before the, expect, the expectation to win right. is really the only difference he's going to be the face the ticket seller sure sure He's the expectations for a leading scorer. All of that are here in Chicago for sure. He's we're talking about him being captain next year. Um, 
So all that pressure is there. But yes, the pressure of being, hey, you have to do all of that and we expect to contend for a cup this year and it's all on your shoulders. That's a big weight that's not going to be there for now. Yeah. Go ahead, Greg. No, you got it. We got a couple I other things. Did you want to uh, disagree? We no, got a I couple didn't. other things to get to. That's the first one to tell you about our friends at Fubo TV. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. You're going to get 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And at FuboTV.com slash CHGO, you can start watching immediately with a free trial. There's no contract, there's no cable, there's no hassle. Just sign up and start watching 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge and watch your local teams while traveling. I have used basically every streaming service there is and Fubo from your, uh, you know, your computer or phone is the easiest and least restrictive of all of them. Check it out. College football season's here, the Big Ten, the NFL. They've got Red Zone. You've got uh, UEFA Euro qualifiers, Ryder Cup, all kinds of great stuff coming along. Watch it all on Fubo, fubotv.com slash CHGO. Sign up there for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. And if you want to add some excitement to your Sunday football watching, and especially if you're watching the Bears, you want to have something else to cheer for on a Sunday. Well, CHGO has a weekly Pick X and NFL Survivor Contest that's available for everyone to participate for real money. Here's how you enter. Head to splashsports.com slash CHGO and sign up. Deposit cash to get started, and it's just $10 to enter either contest. The CHGO Weekly NFL Pick X Contest and the CHGO Survivor Contest. The more who enter, the larger the prizes. We'll be running weekly contests all year, so be sure to keep that link handy. You want to run your own contest? Tired of being the, the commission on leagues, chasing people down? With none of the reward, well, you can sign up to be a commissioner right through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with friends and family. So head to splashsports.com slash CHGO and join in. We'll have different contests coming out. So we're stoked to compete with and against all of our lovely, educated football listeners. Be sure to click on the link in our description for Splash Sports. All right, we got a couple more to get to here before we wrap the show up. Next, we uh, Greg asked Kyle Davidson, what at the end of the year would define a successful season for the 2023-24 Blackhawks? Development, it's, it's a broad word, but development of uh, the young players here, the development of some of the older players into more prominent leadership roles or some of the young players into prominent leadership roles as well. Um, you know, we just want to see players improve and take that next step and uh, show us the show us that that they can be part of this in a, a, a significant way moving forward. Um, you know, and, and just given where we're at, that doesn't just I'm not speaking just about the players here in Chicago. And, you know, there's players in Rockford that have a chance to be significant uh, players for us down the road, and then players outside of pro hockey that that have a very good chance of, of being contributors to our, our long-term success. And so it's, it's those, all those players taking a step at every level they're at. Um, obviously the, uh, the attention will be magnified here in Chicago for some of the players that are, uh, you know, making their, their kind of first foray into NHL hockey, but uh, it goes up and down the line because uh, we've got a lot of players at every level that, that 
you know, they're going to be very important to, to where we, where we want to go and where we need to get. All right, fellas. Uh, it's a good answer from him. What does, what, let's start with you, Mario. What's a successful 2023, 24 for you? Uh, lifting the Stanley cup. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I, hate to bring it to I you, disagree. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no, I mean, I, I've said it before uh, in the last week or so. I expect this team to not only be have more points in the standings than last year, but by a significant amount. I would think they reach the 70-point plateau uh, as far as team points. If they do that paired with progression from Reichel and a guy that I don't – a guy that I'm going to keep my eye on uh, this year because he's paid as – a player who's making progressions. He now needs to play as a player that's making progressions is Philip Kershev. Need to see development out of a guy like Reichel, a guy like Kershev. Um, if Korchinski's here for a long time, development out of him as well. He needs to be Im- improved from game one to game 82 or whatever it is. Like young player improvement is the biggest thing. Uh, and, and like David just said, the, the focus of development, that's the biggest thing. For the record, the Hawks had 59 points last year. Yeah, so I think, I think somewhere in the range of 70 is yeah. realistic. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, this season's all about the development again. Obviously, we should see an improved product on the ice. Not a playoff team by any means, but improved. And then, uh, you know, it's going to be the development of those key players that we've mentioned, but not just the guys that are going to be here with the Blackhawks. Guys that are playing in Rockford, guys that are playing in college, yeah. in juniors. You want to see your your top prospects get closer to where they need to be uh and a, and a successful season for the blackhawks organization to me is also the rockford ice hogs playing up to their capabilities yeah making the playoffs maybe avoiding that silly play-in series yeah. winning a playoff series or two making a deep run nice. that would be huge for those guys down there like the ice hogs this is going to be like their most important season since they became the Blackhawks affiliate. For sure. This season, next season, the next three to f- six years are huge for that, for that team and, and how they do. And success at the AHL level is going to lead into success at the NHL level. They talk a lot about culture and, and you know, the setting the winning ways and the Blackhawk way, whatever you want to say. It starts before, the second they get drafted and it builds – uh, in Rockford, so by the time they get to Chicago, it's all all engines go. That's a really good point because look at the talent infusion Rockford's getting mm-hmm. with Del Mastro, Allen, Ralston, uh, uh, Colton Dock, Lightman, Camezzo. Yeah, there's yeah. there's so much talent just being immediately like boom, all automatically just infused in Rockford that they should be one of the more competitive teams in the American Hockey League. I think that's for sure. I like to think so. Yeah, but in terms of the NHL, yeah, I think. A standings improvement. Uh, I'd like to see them be a little bit better in one goal games, mm-hmm. uh, which I think with a little more talent, a little more depth, they could be. And I know, you know, you look at you lose Domi, you lose Kane, you lose Taves. That's a lot of talent off the roster. And yeah, you added Bedard and Hall and Felino and Perry and some and Donato. Full season of Reichel. Yeah, a full season of Reichel, right? So maybe it's even, maybe it's a little bit better, but just depth wise, are better. They're more competitive top to bottom. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, higher standings points and just I want to continue to see the compete level from the team that we saw all last year. I mean, how many games did we come in here after a loss and really be while the season was meaningless, like 
upset with the effort. I feel like maybe a handful of times at the most did we think, boy, they really just laid an egg today. They didn't come to play. For the most part of 82 games, they did that. So I want to see that too. And then, yeah, I want to see, like you said, Mario, Reichel, Kurashev, and one of these young defensemen really solidify themselves as full-time, no doubt, NHL players and potential NHL pretty good players. Top six, top four, you know, top six forwards, top four defensemen kind of guys because as this infusion continues with Nazar and Moore and, uh, you know, Comesso and all these guys that are working their way up through the system, you want them to be able to be more of um, additions than needed boosts, right? Right. You hope by the time they're ready to arrive, your roster is pretty well set, and now you're just you're implementing even more talent into an already pretty good roster. So that's my hope. All right, we're out of time. Actually, uh, we're gonna hit a couple more of these cuts from uh, Kyle Davidson tomorrow. We're on at two tomorrow, two o'clock, which is I know we're all over the map this week, but uh, things will get a little more normal um, in the weeks to come. But we're at two o'clock tomorrow. And uh, we want to remind you before we go to get fitted out in the best sports gear around at FOCO. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's baseball season, Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. And some of our awesome set decorations come from our friends at FOCO. So thank you for that. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in our description below for all non-presale items. Use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. And it's not officially a CHGO Blackhawks podcast until I talk about somebody named Ray. Mm-hmm. So this time, <laughs> uh, it's it's my guy, Shady Rays. You've heard me talk about them a lot. If you're a regular listener, uh, Shady Rays is our favorite independent sunglasses comp- company that offers you a world-class product that's better than any expensive pair we've ever worn. There, I said it. I will die on that hill. Their durable frames and extremely clear optics are perfect for your outdoor adventures. Plus, Shady Rays gives you the most insane protection in all of eye where every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you stand up and your sunglasses go flying off the, your head when Connor Bedard scores his first goal doesn't matter Shady Rays is going to send you a brand new pair no questions asked even on day one plus you're going to feel great and look great because Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the US through Shady Rays Impact they're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Ray is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for many, many years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're totally going to, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is absolutely no risk when you shop. And exclusively for our listeners only, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Head over to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code CHGO to get 50% off two or more pairs of the amazing shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Uh, y'all aren't going to let us get off the air with only 98 likes, are you? I mean, that is a uh, good like, number. I, I mean, we need number, but two tri- more tri- at tri- least. Is a lot more 99 on the YouTube. We need one more like. Come one on. more like. More than one. We will but... not give you the bull show until we get one more like. <laughs> exactly. So if you're in here early looking for Matt Peck. You need to hit, hit the like yeah. button, and then we'll let him we, take We have him locked air. away. Peck is duct taped to a chair, and he will not be untied <laughs> until we get to 100 likes. So yes, we have- We'll just sit here. It's fine. It's totally fine. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have duct taped his mustache, and we will pull it <laughs> if you don't give us that like. Exactly. Uh, All right, we will wrap hey, things up. Hey, we got it. There We're it is. Here. Thank right. you, everybody. Uh, we are back tomorrow at 2 with more from Kyle Davidson. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the big storylines heading in to training camp on Thursday. Reminder, Blackhawks fans, if you want to attend training camp at Fifth Third Arena, you need to get tickets. So go to Blackhawks.com slash practices to reserve your free tickets. I couldn't remember if that was the right link. Practices. Yeah, practices. Yes, Blackhawks.com slash practices. They're free. You can reserve up to four. So make sure you do that so you have your spot. And we're told... Thursday, the donut and coffee stand opens just oh, in time. Yeah, for training I can't believe camp. you saved that news all the way to the end of the show. <laughs> Should have. So you got to pay. You got to help people out that stay that's the whole how, time. That's how we got 110 likes. There we go. Beautiful. All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at two. Thanks to Sarah for running the show. We appreciate her as always. Thanks for listening and watching the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.